Charm Diamond Centers. Okay, not bad, but remember, those three little words carry a lot of weight. Has to say 50 years of a family-owned business. Charm Diamond Centers. Dylan, think lifetime diamond guarantee, unbeatable pricing policy, stores across the country filled with experts who love love. Charm Diamond Centers. 0% interest financing, trade-up policy, easy payments. I need to feel that in your voice. It has to sound like Charm Diamond Centers. Wow, that was really good. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. Oilers Nation Radio episode 192, the first bonus playoff edition. And unfortunately, boys, we're not really starting it off on a great foot here, Mm -hmm. Uh, but we'll get to that. But as we do every week, Bag Milk here, Tyler, Rick, and Dan going to break things down for you. We're going to start off with our delicious debate for our friends at Oodle Noodle. Brand new location open in Fort Saskatchewan. New one in Airdrie. New one in Aaron Ridge. Maybe you might even see Tyler if you go there. Maybe. I do go a lot. So plan your life accordingly. Go get yourself something to eat. If you don't want to leave the house, watching games, use our friends at DoorDash. Ding dong. Oodle Noodle is available there. Tyler. Wait. What are we doing? What we got for a delicious debate today? I got that and this. Oh, ding yeah, dong. Yeah, yeah. dong. Was that Liam? Yeah. Ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Noodle noodle. Tyler, yeah. Delicious, delicious debate. debate, please, sir. On a scale of one to ten, how concerned are you about the game one loss? Frank is fired up, as you could hear. Mm-hmm. Probably. I honestly, I'll start. I think I'm like a two. I just, I, I'm like, it's annoying. Don't get me wrong. I was mad last night with the way that game ended. I was mad, but like concerned about the series overall. Not really. I mean, the Oilers had some mistakes, obviously some glaring issues in their own zone. They looked incredibly nervous to me. Oh yeah. They looked like they had the jitters going for the first game of the playoffs. The atmosphere at Rogers place was electric. It was bumping. I know that those of you that were there, we're going to talk about that, but I just think they looked nervous and ultimately it came down to a horrible mistake by Mike Smith. He was trying to be the hero instead of making a clean play to an outlet, but I'm not worried about it really. So I'm going to say my answer is two. I think that's a fair answer. I I, I would go a little bit higher than that. I think I'm, I think I'm at a four, but I even, I even debated not going that high. Like you never want to lose on home ice. Like it's not good to lose home ice advantage after game one in the series, right? Not ideal. Everyone understands that. But at the same time, I don't think any of us picked the Oilers in four, right? No one was like, oh, yeah, we're just going to steamroll them and sweep them. Like you were going to lose games in the series. And they lost a game last night where they made some very clear cut mistakes. Smith made a big one. Chris Russell made a, a fairly big one, not, you know, rimming the puck around to no one pretty much. There was a handful of moments where they were trying to break out of their own zone and they just looked like they couldn't do it. And they were making sloppy decisions with the puck. We know exactly what went wrong in that game. And they lost by one goal. If they clean it up a little bit and start to to push it a little bit more offensively, I'd say, I don't think they'll have much of an issue winning four of the next six here. So my concern is for it because you never want to lose in a best of seven on home ice to open the series and lose that momentum right away, right out of the gates. But at the same time, I still think they're fully capable of winning this series. Just to qualify my number of two. Like we're talking about game one of a one game of a seven game series, right? So like, yeah, you don't want to lose game one, but there's, there's a long road to go here. If this, if, if the boys don't bounce back tomorrow, which is Wednesday game two, then my answer escalates quickly. But right now, like, Hey, it's game one. 
sucks. Yes, I agree. But like, like you said, one goal loss, some mistakes that can be cleaned up. I, I think they're going to bounce back. It's not like they got absolutely lit up like Tampa Bay did by Toronto. You know, it was mistakes led to a loss and you clean those up. It'll be fine. Yeah. Dan. Uh, yeah, I, I think I would argue if you're anything over a four right now, you're probably not a long-term Oilers fan or you probably haven't been an Oilers fan for too long. Uh, I can't remember the last time we won a first or first game. I know the stat was put out there uh, last night, but in 06, we lost game one in 2017. I was there when we lost to the Sharks. I was too. And of course, we lost to the Jets and the Blackhawks as well. So, I mean, when I went into it, we, when I showed up to the party, I was actually talking to the Sepankos and I said, I kind of have a bad feeling about tonight, but I'm okay with it, whether it happens or not. Because like you said, bag milk, um, as soon as the crowd got into it, you could just see that the players were, they were, they were trying a little bit harder than they, uh, than they maybe should have been. And, you know, we saw it with Mike Smith personified um, that the guys were just a little bit tighter on the sticks than, than they would want to be. And the nice thing is, is that Jay Woodcroft is the kind of guy that I would trust to be able to make the adjustments that they need to for game two. So yeah, no, I'm not, I would say I'm going to one right now, honestly. Rick, I'm guessing where you're going to go. Where are you at? Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. It's it's a one game, seven game series. It sucks. I was angry last night. Not too happy about it right now. But at the same time, I realized that, you know, you're not going to win in four straight. So it's, uh, it is what it is. This team, we've seen them lose and bounce back and bounce back in a really good way. I fully expect it. That place is... Uh, the place is loud last night. I can see why the guys were gripping the sticks a little bit tight. And yeah, you just got to simplify the game a little bit. Keep it simple in the playoffs. I, Adding I on do. To this, sorry, go I ahead. was just going to say, Bag Milk, I do wonder if you played back our episode from uh, the last two playoff rounds and you asked, and we asked yeah. something similar of this kind of question, if our answers would be similar or not. I know the fans, I think, is the element that we're missing from the previous explanations. But anyways, I was just laughing. I that. think probably. Like last year, if you asked me after game one when they lost to Winnipeg, I probably would have said the same thing. But like I said... Yeah depending on what happens tomorrow game two, then my number can swing wildly either way. So like if they come out and lay the boots to the Kings in game two, then all of a sudden my number, my two's down to one. you know what I right. mean? It's, it's. They lost one, the I, first two against San Jose back in 06 too. Uh, you know, you know, it, it sucks, but you can, you got to lose four before the series is over. So even if they lose t- tomorrow, obviously you're not going to feel great about it, but it doesn't mean anything. The season, the series just, is over. I just can't see them lose it. Like, cause when the Oilers were actually on their game last night, I'm thinking specifically of the second period, they'll be fine. The first period, the first, I'd say what, 10, 12 minutes, they looked incredibly nervous. They had that kill in there. They barely. I think they had one or two shots on net at that point. To me, they looked like a team that was just kind of like, whoa, shit, this is big. Cause like, I don't know what it was. And we're going to get there. I know that. Cause there's two of you at the game, but like for me, just even hearing it through the TV, I'm like, whoa, shit. Rogers place is bumping right now. And you, come on LA also. So last night on the B cast, we were talking about this a little bit, like how nervous are you or how are you feeling? And then a lot of some of the commentary was, I don't understand how LA came into this game, not having any nerves. And for me, that was an easy answer. They have no expectations. Nobody even expected for them to make the playoffs at all this year. They're playing casual. So they looked like a team that was playing loose and free last night. And, but when the Oilers were on their game, like I said, in the second period, they'll be fine. Yep. It's also easy to go do that on the road too. I think when it's not your fans yelling, it's a different story. I also think like the nerves to me, that was evident in like Kyler Yamamoto, that first shift, right? He goes out and takes that penalty. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, that is a penalty you take when you are so jacked up about the arena that you go out for like your first or second shift. You're like, I got to do something. I got to fuck someone up. Mm -hmm. I got to get in here. And to me, that's what the Yamamoto penalty was. Like they were, yeah, I think a little bit too fired up out of the gates. They didn't start the game particularly well. I think, Tomorrow, honestly, we see them come out of the gates really hard. I, I would wager on them scoring first tomorrow. I also would wager on them tomorrow looking a lot more confident with the puck and their decision making. Like there was, they were trying to do too much last night. And Mike Smith, even after the mistake, Mike Smith said it himself. He was trying to do too much. He didn't take the simple play. Duncan Keith was right there with his fucking stick on the ice. That is something those guys have probably practiced a thousand times this season. 
and the heat of the moment, you're trying to make something happen. I bet tomorrow that mistake doesn't happen. Again, this is another thing too, where I love Jay Woodcroft. You know, this guy is going to make adjustments. This isn't Dave Tippett being like, we'll just work harder and battle in there. Like, no, we're going to get some adjustments tomorrow. And I think the team is going to look much more composed, much more calculated, and they're going to be able to even things up. I think that's really well said. Like this team again, over the last two and a half months is one of the best in the NHL. I don't think that just went away because it's the playoffs. Tyler's having a drink. Look, it sucked. Yeah, he's choking like I was. Yeah, he's choking. On, yeah, somebody's got to choke every week. Dan, you're up next week. Um, yeah, fuck. Uh, let's talk positives, though. So, like, what what parts of that game did you kind of come away from being like, ah, oh, like that? That's something where I think they can maybe build on heading into game two. That coast to coast McDavid goal. Can oh. I just say that that was unbelievable to watch? Because at first, I got to admit, I was a little bit like, oh, come on, down by two going into the first intermission, and then Connor does that, and I was just like, all right, here we go, we're back in the mix, baby. And that's what I had just bet the live comeback. Uh, live bet the comeback right before that. So I was, I was feeling pretty good about it. So if you want to take away a positive McDavid's coast to coast, we're going to be seeing that one a few times. Second one that stuck out to me, special teams were excellent for the Oilers last night, two for four on the power play killed off all four of LA's chances uh, on the power play. So the special teams and McDavid's goals stuck out for me. Dan, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I think for me, it's, it's the little things like, just not getting down. Like they were really aggressive in that last minute, last two minutes of the first period. And that, that got rewarded with a goal for that. And that really set the table for, for the second period. And like you said, bag milk, probably the best part of their game being the second period. So uh, yeah, I just think that like in the past, this team, you know, you start to get goalied and, and Jonathan quick had a couple of moments last night where you started to question yourself as to whether we were just seeing another one of his great performances. Um, but yeah, this team just kept going, um, you know, and, and I feel like if that gaff by Smith had happened in the start of the third period, I, I don't think we're having this conversation necessarily. I'm guessing the game probably got tired, tied up and, and we headed into overtime and then who knows from there. So it just, you know, timing, but yeah, I think their, their stick to itiveness and their ability to keep battling back in that game. And I think that was the problem too. Like Dan, you nailed it. There was the errors came at costly moments. I think of the third LA goal. That's a stoppable shot in my opinion, but ultimately it was caused by an odd man rush against in the seconds. It was a minute and 19 after Yamamoto tied the game. Like you can't let that, you can't have that go in. And Mike Smith probably should have stopped it, but also the defense, what were you doing? You got a little trigger happy on that one. You're probably getting ready to go. So just clean some of that stuff up. I think Duncan Keith in the second period made a really good point too. Boys, you probably wouldn't have heard it. He's just like, I think we're a little bit too excited right now. I think we need to calm down. We need to slow down. We need to play our game. And for a guy that's been there and done it plenty of times before, I'm going to buy that advice all day. Yeah. You need need some of those guys in the dressing room, right? calm everybody down. Yep. It uh, kind of puts things back into perspective. Take a one shift at a time. You know, all the cliches. Sometimes you kind of need that. To, you need to hear it. Yeah. And that's why I thought it was just worth repeating what Duncan Keith said. It's like, well, yeah, we're too excited. Just calm down. Let's play our game. Like, yep. Yes. The atmosphere is bumping in here and everybody's excited, including the players, but like, we know we know what this team is, though. We've we've seen what they what they were doing with Manson and Woodcroft for the last two and a half months. Um, you can't win everything. I uh, like Tyler said there. I'd be uh, pretty surprised if they don't come out tomorrow, uh, guns a blazing, and uh, and kind of just steamrolling tomorrow. Um, one thing I pulled away from that you mentioned the special teams, but how about Drysaddle and McDavid each drawing a penalty in that game? And yeah. you go across the board in the NHL. Over the four games, there were a total of 39 power play opportunities, just power play opportunities. Never mind like times it went down to four on four or anything like that. And I'm looking at a Scott Burnside tweet who said uh, he has a quote from Commissioner Gary Bettman, who said statistically over the last 10 years, there have actually been more penalties called in the playoffs than in the regular season. The ongoing instruction is call the standard. And as we go on in the playoffs, I, I wonder if maybe it'll dip, but it's encouraging that at least for round one, it looks like they're going to call the rule book and they will not shy away from four or five power plays or even six power plays like we saw in some other for some other teams last night. 
Well, I, I was just going to chime in and say the NHL can talk about that kind of stuff, but like what you saw in the Leafs game last night, they handed out 78 penalty minutes in one one go because they just handed misconducts out like they were going out of style. So it, to me, it, I agree with what what he's saying. Like, I don't think that there's as much of a dip. I think the perception is just there because the stakes are higher. But yeah, I, I that Leafs thing was just outrageous to watch. Well, Hey, you know what? That, but that also that's playoff hockey to me. If you get blown out in the playoffs, the other team just calls prison rules and that's the way it goes. <laughs> but the misconducts <laughs> for everyone, like let them solve it or, or not, you know, like just tossing everyone out. It's going to now extend into game two. I, that's to me, it's, you know, you let them figure it out in that game one situation, but who knows? Well, and here's one thing too, and I get they're the defending back-to-back champs, but like, do you think the Tampa Bay Lightning are panicking after losing game one? No, they're not. So there's, and I get it, different spot, blah, blah, blah. Don't fucking hit me up. I know. But the Oilers should have the same approach. They shouldn't be panicking after one loss. And I think that Zach Hyman just today after practice, he said it right. I don't think we played poorly, but we didn't play at our best either. Will be a hungry group tomorrow, and I believe they will. I believe they will. Yeah, like I does that get I, you excited? I guess excited. Man. Yeah, it, I woke it up sad. I woke up sad. I see things like that, and I get excited for tomorrow again. It feels like Sunday again. Yeah, uh, and again, like like Hyman kind of said, they they didn't play poorly, but they also didn't play great, and and that that's one of my takeaways as well that I have in in an article going up at the site. Like, fine isn't going to be good enough. You can have games where you're not great in the playoffs. Like I'm not saying you're going to go four rounds and never have a bad night. Like you will, you'll have below average nights. I think last night was just an average night from the Oilers. And if you want to win in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you can't be average. You can't get outshot at five on five. You can't get out scoring chance at five on five. You can't not show up and give up the first seven shots of the game in the first period on home ice. Like there were mis- and that's kind of why like last night I sent out the tweet. Um, that got me just carved from the fan base. But all I said was uh, <laughs> Smith wasn't good, but he didn't cost them that game. He was fine. You start him in game two and don't think twice. Anyone saying anything else is overreacting. People didn't like that take for you're me. Right. But you're right. well, that's because you're right. Well, and my the point I was trying to make, granted, I had like seven beers, so maybe it didn't come across that cleanly, <laughs> is they got outscored four to one at five on five. You know, if Edmonton dominates possession for that game, if Edmonton puts up two or three goals at five on five, they win that hockey game. There were other mistakes. If they, and I even got into it with Joaquin Gage and he said, you know, the goalie is there to bail out the team when they need them. And Mike Smith did bail them out three or four especially times in that on. hockey game, especially early on. And my response to that is how about the team bails out Mike Smith for once? Cause it's not like mm-hmm. Mike Smith put that directly on the tape of an LA King player and they shot it into an open net. Edmonton could have gotten the puck back and gotten it out. And if you've listened to this podcast for the last two years, I am far (laughs) from a Mike Smith fan. I wanted that guy on waivers two months ago. I'm not sitting here and just like being a homer or like sucking up to Mike Smith for some weird reason. Like some people thought I was like the team could have maybe bailed him out. Mike Smith was fine. He made some bad mistakes. The team in front of him was fine and they made some bad mistakes. That was a team loss in my opinion. Well, win and I lose as a team. Well, and I said it too this morning, just to staple on to the end of that, Tyler, the time to change Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen and all the goaltending situation has passed. The trade deadline is over. The off season is in our, is in our purview at some point in the distant future, I hope, um, you know, and to make a panic move like this right now to move to Miko Koskinen, you like, then what do you do when he falters? Like, are we just going to, are we going to go recycle goalies back and forth? It didn't, it hasn't ever worked for any team. I don't think they usually end up making one change and that's it. So I don't know, like after one game to just flip your goalie because of a, a gaff from a guy that this happens like this is, are we shocked that Mike Smith made a mistake playing the puck, but we're also excited when he makes great plays playing the puck. So yeah, I'm with you, Tyler. It's not, it's not a, let's just support Mike Smith because we're blindly supporting the team. Just the reality of the situation is he's the goalie that we have and we might as well be behind it. Should the Tampa Bay Lightning start Brian Elliott tomorrow? I would. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Cause uh, Vasilevsky let in all five and he's terrible. Again, don't hit us up. We know Smith isn't Vasilevsky. Yeah. Shut up. 
<laughs> what we're saying is like it's game one. It's Mike you know? Smith statistically down the stretch was one or two in most categories in the NHL in terms of goalies and in the last I, two I months. Still, so. I still think that the Oilers, like if they calm down a little bit, it's going to be fine. They were so trigger happy last night. You could tell the mistakes they were making just, they weren't normal. Like Tyler, like you said, Kaylor Yamamoto tackles a guy in front of the net. You're like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> but like, <laughs> don't do that shit. He's jacked up. He's ready to go. So just calm down a little bit. Duncan Keith said it best. Relax. They're too excited about everything. Just relax. Woosah. You know? Tomorrow's yep. going to be fun. Tomorrow's going to be fun. Um, Tomorrow's a new day. I don't, I like, I'm a better. And if you ask me what I'm going to do going into tomorrow, I'm bullish on the Oilers. Am I going to bet them on the puck line tomorrow? You fucking right. I am because I think that that kind of night is exactly what guys like Connor and Leon needed. Uh, Mike Smith, you know, he's going to be fired up to re- rebound after that mistake. I just think tomorrow's going to be fun. And I think we're going to be going back to LA with a tied series. Can we talk about the little uh, Connor McDavid celebration after the goal too? hand to the oh. ear right by the Kings bench. Sick. The best. I love fired up Connor. Yeah. I love fired up Connor. I also like after Leon scored, he was fired up chirping. Like I love that. And we need to get more passenger, more guys on board. Like I thought Nuge didn't have a great game last night. Yes. It had a bad game last night. So there's some guys who, if they step up their level, that's also going to contribute to what goes on tomorrow, which ultimately I believe is going to be a win. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, I Dan, can't wait for tomorrow. Dan, what do you think? Tomorrow? Tomorrow is a, a must win. And I think it is a win. Yeah. Just chalk it up. It's uh, I, I think if of anybody that we're talking about on this Oilers team is going to be fired up for tomorrow, it's Mike Smith. And that's a guy that, you know, I love when he's fiery and he's fiery with himself and he's not on other people and it's just himself. So yeah, I fully expect tomorrow to be a, a great game and an exciting game for us to watch. Uh, it's absolutely, it's must win. Um, obviously not literally, but you know, emotionally going back to LA down by two can't happen. And I don't think it will. I think Woody's going to make the adjustments. I think the boys are going to have a hard practice or probably had a hard practice today. Probably a lot of video meetings and whatever else they do. We'll be fine. I guess that was a little bit surprising for me too, is just the amount of people just being like, oh, we're out. Might as well just start golfing or whatever. Like, I think that was surprising to me. Like we've been hurt before and you can tell, right? Was Some, anybody else surprised just by how like into the ditch it went after one game? I mean, in the moment it's disappointing and Twitter gives you the ability to just be so reactionary, right? Like you don't have to, you don't have to wait until the morning when you're like talking to your friends or your colleagues or something to be like, ah, how about the game last night? Like you can just watch Mike Smith make that mistake and instantly be like, great, I hate him. And then tell whoever you want to tell that you hate him on Twitter. Anyways. A lot of the vocal people on, a lot of the the most vocal people are on the negative side of things anyways, when it comes to this, one loss comes up and they just kind of like throw in the towel. It's that's not what the team does. That's not what the players do. I, uh, I'm not surprised to see that, but they'll all be, uh, singing a different tune when they were pull up, pull off a victory tomorrow. So that ain't what we're doing here because I don't think there's any of us that think this thing is over yet. And oh God, no, I fully expect a better effort tomorrow, both in the execution, the details up and down the board from the others tomorrow for 90 years and four generations. Cornerstone insurance has been a family and employee owned business here in Edmonton. They have got all the products you need auto residential, commercial life insurance, anything you require. And I actually just had a cool meeting with Cornerstone last week. They're going to be launching very, very soon a spot where you can get some instant insurance quotes if you need them. So stay tuned to this podcast and othersnation.com for further details on that. I do want to talk about some positives because I find that honestly, today I was just cruising Twitter. I'm like, I don't even want to be on Twitter today. It is just a cesspool of just negativity. And I'm not about that because I still feel good about our chances here. So I'm going to talk about some good news. Boys that were at the game, let's talk Rogers Place because, like I said earlier, I'm watching on TV and all I can think about is that place is bumping. Tyler? Yeah. Um, so to start, I walked through, like before I went into the rink, I walked through that little area in front. I don't know what they're officially calling it. Um, I believe but, it's the plaza. Oh, uh, the plaza. I walked through the plaza and it was bumping. They had like five food trucks out there. You can buy a beer yeah. and just like stand outside in the nice weather pregame and like have a beer, hang out, yell about the Oilers. Live and music. Pack. Yeah. Live music. It was really, really cool. And then I went inside and uh, Ford Hall, they expanded Ford Hall. 
So you can go get like a $6 can of beer, which is still expensive, but at least slightly cheaper than inside. Um, they have like the cans of Canadian and Coors for six bucks. So you go have a beer there and then make your way in. Like there's a reason to actually go down to the game like an hour and a half early and just kind of hang out. Like it's neat. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was a fun atmosphere outside the rink. <clears throat> you kind of expect it as a playoffs. Everyone's got a little more energy than you do a normal game in December, something like that. But I think they did a really good job. Um, yeah, outside the plaza, having the, the the band and all the options out there, drinks, food, whatever, you get inside. Uh, I tell you this, I miss it being like that. Yep. Like there's just the energy in there. Everyone's wearing orange. Everybody's yelling. You don't get that in, in, in regular season games. People like to sit on their hands and be kind of quiet. The place was electric last night. It was loud. It was fun. Uh, I really wish we could have got victory out of it, but... Dude, that place, when you do the national anthems, when they sing the national anthems like we do, like it was, it's something else. I I know a lot of players come away and say, you know what, this might be one of the loudest places or, you know, whatever the playoffs, whatever they say. Um, it's it's fun in there, man. It's it's really fun. I hope anybody gets a gets a chance to get in there. It yeah. seemed like Edmonton was cranking up the BPP last night. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, they were. Oh, yeah. And like I, I posted a video on my Instagram story, like, and I tweeted about it eight minutes before the players even came out. I would say 98% of the fans were in their seats. And then they started yeah. the little pregame countdown, like 10, nine, and everyone just started going nuts. Like there was a roar in the crowd while this countdown was playing. And then like it goes black, a picture of the cup shows up. Everyone goes crazy. Uh, Joker and the thief was the pregame hype up song. Um, so like that starts going, the montage is going at one point they just like quieted everything and they put Ben Stelter on the screen and it's the video of him when he was like, play La Bamba baby. And they like put that out of their crowd goes nuts. The walk from the tunnel of, uh, like they showed Smith walking through the tunnel with the orange lights flashing next to the team. Unreal. Like the organization, I ripped them a good amount for like in-game presentation. They hit a home run grand slam in game one. Come on. Do you not, can you, all I want is to stand there at the, at the dressing room, hear the, hear everybody down the hallway I think that would be the coolest thing. Walking down that little walk, I it was. I think yeah. I liked it when it was in Rexall when he could walk through the fans. I get the negative part of it, but like just standing there, as you know, the boys are getting ready. The last guys are grabbing their sticks, putting their buckets on. You're standing there, your heart's beating. It's it's playoffs. It's loud. You can feel that. You can feel the noise. You can feel the noise in your chest, and then that walk out to the ice. Dude, there's some of those kids that have never heard a building like that before. Well, never. Dan, I don't know if you were noticed because you were at the watch party that I want to talk about after. Um, during the anthem, when the crowd kind of took over, they were doing the usual kind of panning the bench, that shot. And Ryan McLeod, you could just kind of see him going like, holy shit, because that place was <laughs> it was going bananas. Yeah, it's, uh, you mean, we've watched it, I think, in, from since 2006. Everybody's seen the videos and seen the players' reactions. I love Ilya Brzgalov's reaction back in the day to... Uh, to the fans going crazy. It's yeah, you're right. It, 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 it was just uh, from, from being able to watch from the outside looking in, it was sad that we couldn't see some of the video stuff. And I know that's licensing and all that good nonsense, but, uh, but yeah, we're glad you guys got to be there and, and yeah, envious of anybody that was in the building that night and, and hopeful, uh, hopeful that, that I get in there soon and, and that hopefully everybody gets to experience that too. It's, it's something special. Dan, let's check in on the watch party last night. The nation crew set up at Beercade on White Ave. We had the game one viewing party. How'd that go? It was uh, it was an absolute blast. If you haven't been to Beercade uh, recently, they've done some some fine work. Uh, we had a couple people visiting to the party. Uh, that had been with us in Nashville and they were remarking how much it feels like a Nashville style bar. Now, very, uh, very open space and lots of, lots of areas for people to hang out and, and watch the game. Um, yeah, just an absolute blast. There's, there is not a place in that, in that building that you won't have two or three screens within your, within your peripheral or in your purview. So yeah, just an absolute blast. And the people there were just, we were just having a great time. We got to, uh, got to play a bunch of games against nation fans and Oilers fans and, and, uh, uh, yeah, we just we just had an absolute blast, and we will be doing it again tomorrow night at uh, Beercade on White. One thing. Did you play any uh, Mario Kart? 
I didn't get into the Mario Kart. We, uh, I was selling people raffle tickets for Sports Central in the Mario Kart oh. while they were racing. That was good. Get them up on the on the race. But yeah, it's uh, we. Hopefully, I'll be able to take on some people in that race on Wednesday. One thing I want to mention too is if you go to the viewing party and you see Dan, we're going to have all kinds of prizes and stuff to give away yes. as well. So it's not just about watching the game and getting together as a crew, which is ultimately a great time. You can win some stuff, and, and we're going to have cool more stuff to give away last night. We were even able to give away tickets. I don't. I won't say what to, but we were able to give away tickets. So <laughs> an event you uh, may be interested in. Yeah, yeah. Even <laughs> and even gave away some clothing items that people, you know, spend mucho money on. And the clothing long, items, like long, long sleeve things. Yeah, yes, short sleeve names on them. Names <laughs> of other on. people. Oh, people they don't yeah, even know names on the back. Sam well, Roberts band touring tees. I imagine. Yes, Garth Brooks. <laughs> Yeah, Garth Brooks is there. <laughs> it's it's uh, Barth uh, Brooks though, not yeah, uh, not to be confused. Yeah, so go ch- go meet Dan tomorrow. Go have some yes. fun. Maybe challenge him to Mario Kart. Yes, if you beat me at a game, game, I'll give you nation gear. Beer wow. or gear? Nation gear. Ah. AGLC, you rest assured, Asian gear. Gear with a, that's a G, AGLC. That is a G. Yeah, oh, get man. on down to Beercade. What time do you guys end up down there, Dan? What time should people show I was, up? At? I was there at 6 p.m. So uh, welcome to join me anytime after that. Game, of course, starts at 8 o'clock. We got 8 p.m. starts all through the first rounds. So again, if you're not going to the game tomorrow, why not head out to Beercade? See Dan, see the rest of the crew. We're going to have a whole lot going on there as and, well. Sorry, I should mention, Bag Milk, uh, a feature that I didn't know about in Beer Cave for some reason doesn't advertise openly, and I think they should, is right across the street, there is a, a dog park, and you can just spend your intermission watching the dogs play in the dog park. It's great. Hey, you know what? When the Oilers go down, went down by two goals yesterday to start off the game, maybe go out there and watch a dog. <laughs> release, a little bit of therapy. Release everything, the tension. It's good for you. It's good for you. Uh, Tyler. Yep. If you're going to pick out one big thing that the Oilers have to do tomorrow to make sure that they lock up this series at one apiece, what's the biggest thing that stands out for you? It's uh, the five on five play for me. Um, just uh, in both ends, there's things they need to do better in their own end. Cleaner zone exits. You know, don't make the sloppy passes. Just get crisp, get the puck out of your own end. And when you get into the LA Kings end, You got to capitalize. I know everyone was ready to crown Jonathan Quick as like the second coming of whatever, but I think the Oilers could have done a better job finishing off some of those chances. You know, I I, quick played good. Yes, I'm not really trying to take a ton away from him, but a lot of people are like, oh, great. We're running. Someone was like second coming a Hashik. And I'm like, okay. Jonathan Quick was extremely average for below average for the last three months of the season. The Oilers needed to finish a little bit better and do a better job at generating their own grade A high danger chances. And there's a lot of guys who played a role in that. So in their own end, clean it up in the other end, get more aggressive, get to the net. Tack on to that a little bit. I think the Oilers need to get greasy in front of quick. I know it's yes. to pick up a little bit as the game wore on, but like if you're going to give that guy shots that he can see, he's going to stop them. So the others need to get in his kitchen. They need to hack away and they need to try and bang in some rebounds. They need to get ugly. Yeah. We don't always have to score pretty goals. Cause I'll tell you one thing, watching Smitty bank him in off his face for all those years was just as sexy to me. Mm-hmm. Dan, what were you going to say? I was just going to say the exact same thing. There was so many pucks sitting in that two foot area in front of the blue paint where the Kings were the ones, the first ones on it every time. I'd love to see us get some sticks on those and be able to pull it back and then just expose quick. Yeah, I agree completely. The front of the net has to be dominated by the Oilers. Rick, what are you thinking? Just simplify the game, boys. We've uh, we've played very well for the last two and a half months. This is just another blip that happens. Simplify the game. Go do what you can do. You know, t- the game will take care of itself. Another thing that I would say, too, is it's very, very clear to me that L.A.'s game plan here, as it has been all season for that matter, is to shoot from the parking lot. They're going to throw everything they possibly can on net. And that's fine to an extent because a lot of those shots last night came from the outside. If that's the approach, which it seems like it will be, the Oilers need to do a better job of clearing out the garbage to make sure that those shots from distance or shots from the wall or wherever they're coming in from doesn't result in a second or third chance, which I thought happened too often last night. Clean some of that shit up. Cash in at the other side, get greasier in front of quick. Again, I said it a bunch of times already. We're going to be fine. We'll be okay. Right? Yes, yeah. Sir. 
And I mean, this is part of the fun of playoffs is that you wake up in the morning and you're mad about the night before. The nice part <laughs> is you have one off day to stew on it or let it stew. And then you're back at it the next day. Tomorrow's another game day. The sun's going to come up and the Oilers are going to play at eight o'clock Mountain Standard Time or whatever. Uh, since we are going to two a week, we've got a little bit different. Unless there's anything anybody else wants to mention from last night's game. I think I think uh, I think that's everything. Oh, one of the big game changers for me is that I found out I can see Rick from my seats in his. Seats. Yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up because you sent that picture was... in the group text. It was and... you, Rick. Yeah. Well, one... That guy's got a white hoodie on. I wasn't wearing a hoodie. I was wearing my uh, my onesie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, so, I like how Tyler just doubled down. I was like, "That was you, Rick." No, it was you. Don't we you may remember? Have controversy. So this is what happened for you, the listening last night, Dan. What was it? Probably the second period or something like that. Yep. Tyler sends a picture like kitty corner across the ice, corner to corner, and he's like, "I think I see Rick," and I think he's yelling at people during the ice sweeping. And I was like, "Well, I've gone to a bunch of games with Rick, so that would sound correct." But now we have some controversy. What's those are my seats, though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then that, that was definitely you. Were you wearing the big Oilers chain? So yeah, no, in that picture that you just sent, you're hundred percent right. The the one to the (laughs) left there with the white hoodie is what I was looking at before. That was my buddy who was sitting with me. Uh, So Tyler, Walk us through it. What are you seeing as you're spying on Rick? From well, because I've park? always wondered where Rick sat at games. And then at one point, I <laughs> think you could ask him, Rick, at one point, I think you were, uh, I know, <laughs> but I oh, looked I over his phone number. <laughs> yeah, I was on the, I was on the scoreboard once or twice, I believe. Yeah. Um, I looked over, it was during a TV timeout and I think you were flipping off one of the refs, <laughs> but you had like, oh, yeah, that's, that's you had like both fingers that's, out and you're like, yeah, and, it, <laughs> and that's what caught my attention. Thumbs down. Um, then I was like, who would do that? And I'm like, wait, that's Rick. He would totally do that. <laughs> and then I look closer. I'm like, it is Rick. Um, but you are you're like, you stand for a lot of the games. Yeah. I, I yeah, I, I've got a lot of energy. I don't like sitting down the whole damn time. Uh, and that's another thing about great thing about the playoffs is, uh, is, is people like they kind of accept it and a lot of we're doing it too. And there's a couple of young guys ahead of me that were kind of, uh, high energy as well. So we got to uh, feed off each other. <laughs> Rick just sent a picture of himself on the big screen. And that is a, <laughs> that is a man that is rocking a one or two BPP. I'll tell you. There was yeah, one or two. <laughs> oh, I had a question for the folks that went to the game last night. So there was a rumor at the watch party that third period is no longer the end of beer sales. Was that true? I don't think I've, I, I bought them, uh, <laughs> what I you're bought saying them is the you guys didn't intermission. make it to the third period interested in buying drinks. I bought a, the second intermission um, yeah, during okay. the third period though. I didn't leave my seats at all. So I don't know. I've heard the rumor that they aren't going to turn it off until the end of the game. Now I was actually thinking that as I walked into the rink, um, I was like, man, they should really just like, he like Ford Hall should be the post game spot. Like just open it up, make that whole area licensed and just keep the whole thing open. Like if you want to party it in Ford Hall till two in the morning, let them go. I don't know if they do that, but they should. Um, the, the big mistake I made last night is I was uh, convinced to grab an additional beverage for the third period, because what if it goes to overtime? Like what if they don't sell them? So I was like, all right, good deal. So I had one being saved and then, uh, you know, the Oilers lose and I have another beer and it's like, well, I got to like down this as I walk out of the arena. And that was, painful. that's a, that's a sadness beer. That's a, uh, that's a, that's a time of reflection is that beer is. Yeah, because yeah. I'm pretty sure that I also had a similar reflection beer last night. I did not do beats in the B cast. I'm just like, I'm not fucking doing it in the playoffs. So I have myself a cocktail <laughs> and I kind of sat in my feelings there for a second. And then next thing you know, I'm like, I need to turn my spirits around because I'm not going to let this sewer my day. So I find myself on TikTok for the next hour. <laughs> watching that guy who runs on his hands. Yeah. There's a weird guy on TikTok. I don't know if you guys have seen him, but he's a dude that walks around on his all fours all the time. And he's starting to get really jacked up top, but it really creeps me out how he's starting to walk around like a horse. And I love to send them to Tyler just because it's very creepy. Makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah, it should. But let's get some XP, you know? Yeah. All right. So we're not doing the normal format today because this is the bonus episode. We'll go back to the usual thing on Friday. So I didn't get me asked the idiots questions today. So we're just going to slide right on into the hot, cold performers for our friends at Buster's Pizza. Tyler, if you got your buttons ready, Mm -hmm. we're going to start with our veggies. So we're going to stick specifically, boys, to game one. 
We're going to stick to game one and we're going to start with our Buster's Pizza cold performers. But first, we go to busterspizza.ca, find out a location near you. Right now, I'm looking at a $13.99 two topper pizza or uh, two large pizzas and a two liter drink for $13.99. Hey, it's a pretty damned fine playoff deal, you ask me. I encourage you over to busterspizza.ca, find a location near you. All right. Gentlemen, who's going to take the obvious one for our Buster's Pizza cold performer of the night? Who wants it? It's too easy. You going to take right, it? I'll, I'll, I'll just take it. Mike Smith, the gaff, five minutes left. You know, you shot it up the middle. You had better options. I'm not going to dwell on it. Uh, Gord knows no. you've taken enough heat on social, so I'm just going to get that one out of the way so we get it off the board. Boy, that escalated quickly. It really fucking did escalate quickly. Let me tell you, because he had it behind the net with options. And then all of a sudden he throws it up the middle. And I'm like, Whoa, geez. And then he makes the diving save. Then a rebound pops over the crossbar and it just, it was all madness from there. So yes, it did escalate quickly. That was an excellent button. Tyler, you're up next. Your Buster's pizza cold performer of the evening. I'm going to give it to uh yes. I think you saw a lot of the forwards, specifically the ones with size, like a Zach Cassie and even a Warren Fogel really go and mix it up physically. And I think yes, was just on the perimeter too much. Maybe he's still trying to get back in the game after coming back from his illness. I think they should keep him with Connor McDavid and give him one more game there. I'm not saying bench him or anything crazy like that, but the Oilers needed more out of yes, and he really didn't deliver last night. So Puliarvi is my cold performer of the game. I'm going to disagree with you. I think really? that Yamo should go up with Connor because that trio Kane yeah. McDavid Yamo was absolutely firing when he was out with illness. So I'm surprised they got away with it. To be honest, I would consider putting him with Leon on the second line or sliding him down with Nuge on the third. That's just my thoughts. Dan, your Buster's pizza cold performer of the evening. Well, mine's actually going to go to another game, but it actually affected this game for me. Uh, I was doing my little spiel for the first time in four years. I was hosting a, a playoff party and I was very excited. And then the Leafs decided to start fighting on the screen and then their broadcast, then their broadcast in the middle of my speech, their broadcast like cuts to commercial and I'm doing my speech, but also I had a commentary going about the broadcast. And so I was, it, it just absolutely threw me off. Uh, so the broadcasting of the Leafs game, deciding to take a commercial break in the middle of the first physicality of the 2022 playoffs, you get my cool performer of the week. Why are you the way that you are? I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. I wonder how uh, Morgan Riley's face is feeling today because Patty Maroon fed him a few biscuits Oof. right to the mush, you know? He sure did. And then, like, and speaking of which, we can't, I can't even get the footage. Like, there's no footage available of Morgan Riley tagging uh, Jan Ruda's forehead with, uh, with a nice little punch there as well. So, shout out to that broadcast crew for making my <laughs> life a living hell at one in the morning last night. Rick, your Buster's Pizza cold performer, uh, the cold performer of game one, I suppose. <laughs> you know what? It's like, it's, it's not that bad of a thing, but he didn't have a great game last night. Minus two. Nuge, we need more out of you, bud. Yep. That's all. I'm upset. He has some really good looks on net too. And he was trying to force a pass through. Like there's one thing about Nuge is yes, he's a great passer. And I said this on the Bcast last night too, but he's also got a lethal wrist shot yeah. and he hasn't been using it lately. It's like, he doesn't have confidence in his shot right now. And, God, I would love him to get going because if if that guy starts scoring in the playoffs, this city will love him forever, even more so than they already do. But we'll get there. Tomorrow's tomorrow's a new day. Maybe I'll bet on Nooch. Maybe he'll feel it in his spirit. Uh, let's end off the podcast on a positive note. We're going to do our Buster's Pizza hot performers of the night. Tyler, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to give it to Kyler Yamamoto. I think he took that early penalty and he was clearly frustrated by the call. And I kind of sat there and was like, oh boy, like is Yamo maybe one of those guys? Like is the moment going to be too big for him? Well, sure. Shit. What does he do to respond? He's an absolute buzzsaw on the forecheck. He's creating turnovers. He's going hard to the front of the net. He's not afraid to mix it up physically either. And then he scores a huge goal for this team and he was fired up after it as well. So I loved seeing all of that. Um, Kyler Yamamoto, you started the game cold, but you ended the game hot. Nation Dan, your Buster's Pizza hot performer of the evening. Well, I wish I was in the building for it. I've only heard the tale since then about how great it was, but my hot performer of the week is going to go out to Ben for his 
ability to hype up this crowd to no end and the Oilers for including him in that video. So Ben Stelter, you get my hot performer of the week. I can't believe it. Play I, think Lamba, like baby. A, I think that's a streak of like four or five weeks in a row now that he's been somebody's hot performer of the week. Probably, yeah. uh, understandably so. Yes. Understandably so. Uh, Rick, you are Buster's Pizza Hot Performer of the Week. It's simple. It's everybody that is 18,000, some all of them. Uh, the fans, the fans, that place was electric. It was loud. It could feel it. It was fun. I love every minute of that type of stuff. Can't say much more than that. The fans were definitely the hot performer last night. Pour it on! Uh, my Buster's Pizza Hot Performer of the Evening. You know what? I'm going to give it to the guy that maybe we haven't given any love to in a while. I'm going to say Zach Cassian. You came out and threw your body around last night. I was concerned about it in the sense that I thought he was going to kind of do a Yamamoto where he's like, he's so fucking jacked up that he goes out and gets a penalty or something. But that wasn't the case. He went out and got uh, six hits, thrown his body around, absolutely leveled uh, Byfield. Yeah. Uh, Byfield along the board. So, you know what, Zach Cassian, we need more of that from you, bud. If you can chip in with a goal or two here or there, I would love that as well. But I thought he had a really good game, game one. So, Zach Cassian, good for you, pal. I like this right here. The only I will say, when he smoked Jordan Spence, that that was a penalty. I thought for sure. No, and and I'm so glad you said that because I'm, I thought for sure that that was going to be one of those ones where he's going to get an interference penalty and then it scares him off from the physicality immediately. Right. But yeah, you're a hundred percent correct. We got away with one there and I think we dodged a bullet because that can do that to Cassie. Well, you guys that were at the game last night, what did you think of the officiating? Because to me, I think the others kind of got lucky with a couple of calls. And then as those were happening, you just, you knew the game management was going to swing the other way in one, in one way or another. Yeah. Like, the game management was out in full effect because you could kind of predict like, oh yeah, the Oilers are getting the next one here. And then CC takes the penalty, but then it got offset with the too many men call, which was great. I didn't think, yeah, the Oilers, you can't have a problem with the officiating last night. Um, I don't think the LA Kings really would have too much of a problem with it. I thought they missed a couple calls on both sides and that's kind of that. Uh, Tom McCullen was spazzing on the bench though. Oh, really? Was he? Oh, ta- yeah. Cause Leon had like a phantom one where he, cu- he fell kind of on his own, yeah. but he got a trip call. So yeah, Todd, Tom uh, McClellan was spazzing. Oh, uh, Todd, it's all good when you're the coach, but then you leave and now you're not happy with it. Weird. Uh, My man though. He keeps his haircut tight. Don't he? Mm-hmm. I was, Absolutely. I was thinking bag milk. We should uh, end off the show with uh, some listener comments here. Cause I put out the, uh, the one to 10 question. How concerned are you out on both our Twitter and our Instagram? Let's hear uh, Eric Sabrowski said he's in the three to four range question mark. Yeah, it sucks to lose game one, but the Oilers can definitely improve on their effort. As for the Kings, does anyone see them playing better than they did in game one? Felt like everything went right for them. Dumb luck. Um, Danger Swade said he's at a two. Did we expect to sweep the series? Oilers came out kind of flat, fell behind two nothing. Make the adjustments, move on. Electronic Jordan was higher. He was up at a six. So was Surveyor Brett. Um, our boy Spiced Oil said he was at a four. He said they need to make some adjustments to uh, counter their lines and time on ice as well. And, uh, you know, he said after the beginning of the game, they played solid and worked LA hard. They just need to find more ways to beat Jonathan Quick. On the Instagram, uh, Holt Tizard said he was at a three. Mr. Sane said he's not that concerned. Boys will bounce back. Oilers in five. There you go. We've got some people thinking positive. We got some on the other end of the ledger, and we got those of us right in the middle. We'll see how it goes. But ultimately, let's wrap up the podcast. Looking ahead at game two, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Tyler Ramchuk, your score prediction. 4-1 Oilers. 4-2 for me, Rick. 5-1. Dan. 3-0. I like it. I like it. We are going to be taking a tie series back to Los Angeles. I'm feeling good about it. Relax, Oilers fans. Nobody said this was going to be easy. We're going to make 16 straight wins on the way to the cup. You got to have a couple of speed bumps now and then. We'll get there. We'll get there. Just hang in there. Or... Tuck and roll on your way off the bandwagon. Rick and I will have more leg room. Either way, I don't care. I'm straight. From all of us, for Dan, Rick, and Tyler, I'm Bag Milk. This is Oilers Nation Radio, episode 192. Thank you to DoorDash, Oodle Noodle, Cornerstone Insurance, Buster's Pizza for making it all possible. And most of all, you for listening. We will talk to you guys on Friday. Shout out, Brock. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up, because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes, because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. 